Where did he come in at? Four? Number four? Probably a little lower, I think. Probably a six guy, I think. Just before the wiki. Just before the wiki. Underrated batting position. Just before the Wikipedia came into bat. Because imagine you are four down after Mm. a morning session. You really need an equipped six to be able to step in. Yeah. Do the job. Michael Bevan's one. Michael Bevan. 107, Michael Bevan. He was in Shane Warne's 99 cricket, hey. Did you play that? Probably. He would have been. Yeah. That was living. Those were the days. Cool. Should we do our pod, number 107, Michael Bevan? Let's do it. All right. Welcome to a Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 107. Plenty to get through once again. Uh, Tommy's with me this time. No Cooper. Uh, what's going on, man? What, with me or Cooper's absence? Because Anything. I, we need a, like an executive meeting, I think. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is the time that we put out our full confidence in Cooper. We, he has our full support, the backing of the NSF team. Okay, that's gone the opposite way to where I thought it was going. Oh, where did you want to take it? No, nah, you can keep going with that. It's probably better. I, I just thought we should just put the, just, you know, just put the shackles on him a little bit. Where, where are your priorities? I get you had a hit fringe show. Yeah. I get, 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 you know, you sold a million tickets or whatever mm. it was. Yeah. Um, but don't, don't, don't forget the little guys. Don't forget the guys who, yeah. who, who gave you your first opportunity. Let's, uh, let's wind it back. Hey, um. I think he's missing because he's got a headache tonight, but that's, you know, whatever. We'll push on. We'll push on. We'll carry it through like we did for the first 100 episodes or something like that. Um, I'm going to quickly try and do a bit of a Euro wrap, if you don't mind, before we jump into all the Premier League stuff, because there was a night shift derby this week. Um, but let's start with fantasy. Todd's flogs are back on top. Toddy's team, jeez. Uh, well, they're back on top. He had a few weeks up there, and then he he lost it, and now he's back there. Uh, fuck. It's going to be real convenient if he wins it, though, because I can just drop the trophy around to his house. That's really convenient. Okay, so, Todd, if you're listening, if you're not too busy with your other super famous podcast, then keep going, all right? Um, it's in our best interest if you win this, so I'm all on board. I'm a Todd's flog. I want to be a yeah. flog. Love that. Let's go, flogs. Uh, Tommy, you. I wasn't going to mention it tonight, but you mentioned Syria. And it was probably worth a mention that Milan knocked off Napoli 4-0 because they play each other in the Champions League shortly. Yeah, what an excellent curtain raiser to um to what could be, you know, maybe some people thought this would just be a blowout tie mm. given that Milan's form and Napoli's runaway lead in the in the league. But this, I, I can't explain it. This is one of football's great curiosities, isn't it? Did, did yeah. Napoli take it easy ahead of the Champions League? Is this a false sense of security kind of situation? Uh no idea. I didn't watch this one. There was too much going on, but um, and I thought Milan were going to get pumped. But I'll definitely be up for the Champions League games. But this one was just uh, it was a tough ask, like five a.m. or something. And Napoli, given how far ahead they are, and Milan, how poor they've been playing. Um, but yeah, they went there one four nil. Raffaello got two. Uh, Lazio won over the weekend as well, and they won a derby two weeks back against Roma. So Lazio are now the side in second. Uh, after in- Inter lost on the weekend to Fiorentina. So this top four, five, well, the, the Napoli have been locked in at the top for a while now, but second down to like sixth and fifth, maybe seventh now. We can't quite include Juve, but second down to sixth, definitely just a revolving door at the moment. Um, a bit like the Premier League relegation zone. 
But Lazio second, Milan third. They're only 20 points behind Napoli, but there you go. All right. It's a small margin. I mean, you could the most, you know, the most optimistic person I know might think you could. Yeah. Um, there's there was red talk that Juve might be appealing the uh 15 point deduction. Was it 15 or 10 point deduction? Mm, I think it was and, 15. And that could potentially put them back in in a shot for second. So yeah, <laughs> imagine those points get put back on. Yeah. They can't do it now. I don't you surely you can't just give them back after you've done it. No. Can you not? I mean, it's so arbitrary to take it in the first instance. They just poof, they go. Why can't you just add them back? I mean, it doesn't make opposition teams play any differently, does it's it? It's just really, I don't know. It's it would be I a scandal, definitely. Yeah, I don't like it. It's something about it, I just don't like. Um, doesn't pass the pub test, does it? Doesn't pass the pub test. No, it's a bit. It's a bit. How you going? Um, in Spain, Real Madrid scored six this week. Doesn't really matter because Barca are off and gone. Barca scored four. Uh, I'm bringing it up because Robert Lewandowski scored two for Barcelona. And, of course, he is edging his way closer and closer to winning me a six-pack off of you. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't wish for these kind of things, but if Lewandowski could just go down with a mystery illness for the next two months, that will be awesome. That's not what you said off air. It looks locked. Yeah, well, let's what leave that off for off there. What you said off air was much more vile and violent, um, but we'll, we'll leave it off air and I'll just hint at it instead. Um, we can't wish for those kind of things. For those that have seen Cooper's Fringe show, it's more along those lines. So, um, yeah. Bundesliga, I don't really... Actually, before Bundesliga, I'll just do quickly Liga. Um, PSG lost to Lyon. Usually that would Crazy. cause us to... Uh, Usually a PSG league loss would cause us to start the pod with some laughter and some giving them shit, but they're still six points ahead. It doesn't really matter there. They're out of the Champions League, so there's not really much else we can laugh at them for. Nah, that's a little bit of canned laughter when you do something like that. You're you're fishing for something that's not quite there yet. Yet, although it was funny to see the PSG fans or hear them whistle off uh, Messi as he left the field. Brilliant. And then there was a little exchange between him and Mbappe just laughing at the situation, thinking, why, why are we doing this again? Yeah, that's a, it's a weird situation there. We don't need to go into it. But if they bottle the league, we'll be up and about, though. You bet you. Oh, mate. If they, if someone gets within three points, this yeah. becomes a league oh, oh, look podcast out. again. Look out. Tommy will get his French correspondent hat on. Um, I need to talk about Germany because De Classica was this week. Um, Bayern v Dortmund in Munich. Uh, Dortmund top of the table going into it and have come out with a 4-2 loss because mm. for whatever reason, this, well, not this Borussia Dortmund side, but Borussia Dortmund in general, just have this weird mental block when they play Bayern, they fall in a hole and the goals that they concede are just pretty awful and deplorable. Did you catch any of this one? I saw the mistakes by the goalkeeper, which I think is the the thing that will be harped on about the most, given that Dortmund did score a couple of goals. So that yeah. these, these are the kind of errors that really consign you to defeat, aren't they? Mm. The first one is a just a straight through ball from Upamakano. And it's as simple as the keeper running out of the box and just pumping it clear. He he had to sweep it because uh, Leroy Sane was... Is it Leroy Sane? Was going to get there. Is that his name? Oh, you're testing me now, Sam. It is Leroy, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be. It just there's something about it that sounds it just seemed too weird. Yeah, old He's German, but exactly. Okay. Um, it's not an 1800s, uh, you know. But it's American. a through. Stop it. But it's a through ball to Leroy Sane, and the keeper just has to come out and clear it, and he doesn't. He comes out and he. 
has a big fresh area out. I think it glances his shin pad and it rolls all the way in. And to Sane's credit, he follows it all the way in and doesn't touch it so that the yep, centre-back can man. claim the goal. Um, well, if then, it touches his shin pad, surely it's the goalkeeper's. Come on, give him the blame solely. No, because it's already centre- on target. The centre-back's got it hard enough. This is oh, it's on target. I suppose. It's I suppose. on target. Um, it's his error. The second goal. Corner comes in. DeLitt wins a header. It's going wide, but guess who's fucking there? As he has been for the last 15 years. Thomas Muller just happens to be standing in the right spot. Comes off his knee and goes in. What do you know? Third goal. Shot from outside the box. Uh, half volley for the keeper. Not not at full stretch. Not with a lot of power on it. Just has to either hold it or parry it wide. What does he do? Paddles it back a metre in straight back. Guess who's there? The same guy who's been there for the last 15 fucking years again. Thomas Muller. What do you know? He's just there. I was having a massive whinge to you, Tommy, off air before we recorded this about Thomas Muller. People that listened last week would have heard my Bayern rant. And, you know, this week Thomas Muller's copping it. And it's unfair because... He hasn't really done anything wrong, has he? He's not really hateable, is he? I can't think of a single scandal or unlikable no. thing about the guy. It, th- no. That's what I mean. He's too squeaky clean. He's too clean. There's got to be skeletons in his closet somewhere. He's hiding some kind of deplorable act. Something yeah. involving children. I don't know. That's someone, this, this is the vibe I'm getting. Someone do a hard drive check. But Thomas Muller is just one of those guys... If you watch Bundesliga and you watch Bayern games, he's just always just happens to be there. He's scored so many goals, and I feel like his face has just haunted me for the last 15 years. But he popped up, scored his second, and then they got a fourth, and then they had a fifth, but it was called offside, and then they had a sixth, and that was called offside. Gorman got two to pull it back, but oh, it was so grim. It was so yeah, the the revival's never there when you when you're already four down. It doesn't happen. Uh no. Thomas Muller, though, we should say exceptional player. Exceptional. And that's yeah. That's that's why he's been like at the forefront of your footballing imagination for 15 years, because mm. he's just been at the top level for so long. He has. We were saying before, like it, it seems like he would be like 38, 39 now, but he's not. He's 33, you know, and he could just keep going. Conceivably have seven more years. And like the way that some of those, maybe not always at Bayern, but some of those German teams would cry out for a 37-year-old Thomas Muller. He managed to make himself this like central player that doesn't drift too wide and is just always, always in the right spot and is just involved in the play all the time. And obviously his touch is excellent in the build-up to goals and things like that. So he's still crucial to their side. And yeah, God, they wouldn't give him up. Yeah. He gives me the impression to be a super manager to come as well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so yeah, it's a two-point gap now to Bayern again. It's twisting and turning. That one's still going to keep going, I think. But Dortmund probably do have the tougher run, but Bayern have Champions League football in the way. So who knows what will happen? They've got Man City coming up shortly. Um, a quick mention of Scotland because Antwoch, um Celtic and Rangers have just kept going. They're both like neither of them are dropping points, but there is a derby this week, Saturday night at 9 p.m. South Australian time. Oh, thank you, Daylight Savings. Saturday night. You'll have to check that, but I believe it is Saturday night. What's the 8th? Yeah, uh, yeah let's go with Saturday. We're going, yep. we going to John Doe. We're doing it. Well, I'll be away, but Saturday oh, night, away. Saturday night, 9 p.m., um, Celtic fans get to John Doe bar. Rangers fans get to wherever it is Rangers fans watch soccer games. 
Um, I'm sure there's somewhere, probably down south. That seems like I thought hit, that right? was going to go a very different direction as well. No, I'm being nice. I'm a good guy. All right. Yeah. You're Just democratic stop. in these situations. I'm going to. But yeah, uh, big derby this one. If Celtic win it, they're pretty much home. You would have thought if they aren't already. Uh, but a Rangers win would make it pretty interesting. It would, get yeah, it that would definitely to, it would jeopardize it, wouldn't it? Yeah, we'd get it back to six with what seven games to play. It would still be mm. a big ask for Celtic to drop that many points, considering they've had only one loss and one draw this season in the domestic league. All right, that's, that's enough of everything else. Let's get into the Premier League shit. Um, wow. Speaking of shit, Liverpool this season. Boy, oh boy, they're not the only ones, but we'll start there. Chronological order. Man City 4, Liverpool 1. Uh, take us through it, Tommy. I loved this game. I loved everything about... Loved it. Uh, yeah, I really did. I thought this was a really good example of, like, the gulf between the new... Like, where we've come out of the City-Liverpool uh, era, I think. And, like, this is... That really proved the gulf now between the two teams. Mm. And it was, the, it was the shit that we've said for so long this season. Overrun in midfield, exposed in behind the fullbacks from, like, really basic diagonal balls. Uh, same old story. Yeah. Um, I thought Man City looked pretty vulnerable on the counter to start with, but they've just got too many weapons, don't they? They started with four centre-backs in that back four. For whatever reason, they loaned out Cancelo, like Bayern needed him. And um, so they started with Nathan Ake, John Stones, Ruben Diaz and Manuel Acanyi. And they did. They do look vulnerable. And I think I've said this before on here. If you can get through their first... When you win the ball, City do that thing where they go back to win it straight away and their press is really intense and really smart and mm. well kind of orchestrated. If you can manage to hold the ball for a few seconds and string a couple of passes and break through that midfield, you will be on and they will be vulnerable at the back. You really need to take your chances. Liverpool did early on. They took one of them. Um, mm. But from there on, it was pretty much just a City a show, wasn't finish. it? That's the problem is that if football's a 90-minute game and, like, you can take one or two chances, but I still think you're going to get overwhelmed by this City side. Mm. I think this is the most complete performance I've seen from them in a while, and it feels like they're just starting to click into that winning streak that they're they're going to embark upon for the rest of the season. They've yeah. had – you mentioned Cancelo. Since Cancelo's departure, um, they've conceded only two goals in a seven-game winning streak. And this yeah. idea – it was almost like a back five because they had um, they had kind of like Rodri dropping in there. There was all sorts going on. You know, John Stone's playing right back. I saw lots of praise online for him in this back four formation with the, all the centre backs just because he played that role where you drop into midfield. You know, the, the white yeah. man dropping into midfield. Now so you've got that 3-2 Pep always has five behind the ball bullshit that he does. But it yeah. seemed to work just beautifully this game. Uh, what do you think of John Stone's? Is he... He seems like a complete player to me. I think so. Uh, I wouldn't want to be relying on him dropping into centre midfield against a, a better, more a European, better team side. I don't mean that. I mean, I just mean the midfield for Liverpool this year has been really poor, and so mm-hmm. that's probably that probably helps. Um, but yeah, no, he looks good. I guess he wouldn't be holding his spot and getting game time in a Pep Guardiola side if he wasn't. I think. It's, yeah. I think it's fair to say you have to trust Pep on this. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. You know. I, I noticed the uh, city's movement in this game just brilliant. I thought the tight space passing to free up like the open flanks uh, to like smash yeah. the full time and time again. 
Yeah, it often is. This is a, a city side that was missing Holland and Phil Foden as well. Um, and they only made the two subs, but Liverpool just didn't have any answers. And by the time they tried to answer, uh, Klopp made four changes in the 70th minute, a real FIFA move. And um, But it was already, we just... already 3-1 by then. And yeah. Throw every idea you have against the wall. Just like, nah, yeah. screw it. I'm unhappy with you. You fluffed that one shot. You're coming off. Just big, mad energy. Something's got to hit. Um, There was a lot of talk about Jack Grealish in this one. He had a good game, really good game, and he scored a goal in the end, but a bit of negativity around him online. Online or in the chat? Everywhere. (laughs) This feels like a personal grievance that only you can divulge, man. No, it isn't, because we all saw it on Twitter and stuff as well. We're all talking about it. Um, Grealish don't. Go on. I don't see the difference between him and, like, 20 other Premier League players in the yeah. way that he goes to ground and draws fouls and is just in like a, a utter shy. Uh, I'm, not, ex- I'm not excusing them either. No, definitely not. But I just, I think because of the transfer fee, people pin him up a little bit more because there's more scrutiny upon I'm him right with plays it. in this city team. I'm all right with it. You t- you're taking the cash, you're taking that move. You go into the oil money, guys. You take all the criticism. This guy, like the way he throws himself to the floor is honestly disgraceful. And some of the ones he did, he did one where I think Trent Alexander-Arnold did everything he possibly could to try and get out of his way and step over him. And he got like a brush. His boot kind of brushed him a bit. And he went like just holding his face and rolling around like his nose had been broken off of it. But I just I just hate it. And I'm sick of people <laughs> making excuses for it. And we saw some stuff on Twitter, people criticizing him and others saying... You know, just doing the old, it's part of the game, nonsense, but it shouldn't be part of the game. Grow up. You're you're an adult. Okay. I wholeheartedly agree with you. We should take this shit out of the game. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Do you want to talk about the night shift derby just quickly? Uh, Uh, Is it really a derby if Leeds have never won at the Emirates? uh, Well, you called it a night shift derby off air before. That's why I went with it. So don't throw yeah, me under the bus now. It abbreviates nicely, but I'm just wondering the content. Is it a derby if Leeds never win and we don't really hate each other? I'm not sure. Maybe we'll have to workshop a different name next time we play. Okay. If we have, if we ever play again. I don't know if they will. Oh, that's rough. Well, you know. Don't give me that. Leeds are fine. We had a good early half an hour. As we record, you're in the relegation zone, though, is all I mean. It's not a stab. You just, you're just you 18th. What do you want me to do with that? I just want you to have the belief that we'll stay up because we have the I quality. want you to stay up. I'm just, I just don't have the belief. <laughs> I just don't have the belief. I'm happy for you if you do. Uh, did you watch this one? I watched up until Ben White made it 2-0 and then I went to bed. Yeah. Nice. Does that count? Uh yeah sure I don't I don't think that I'm not trying to say I'm not a sore loser I don't do this often but at that point I realized there was no Leeds were never getting back into that game no no I think where it was lost for Leeds was probably in the first was it the first twenty minutes or so where they had a few good chances that yeah you know maybe a player of slightly more quality would tuck it away I think one of the chances Somerville had yeah was he had a really good, good chance and just he kind should've... of. They didn't really make Ramsdale work enough. Ramsdale made a couple of good yeah. saves, but they didn't really work him enough. Um, there was a good then, save off the early Christensen shot. And then, yeah, the Somerville chance definitely should have buried. Yeah. And then I guess you're you're upset about the penalty, but I'm pretty confident it is a pen. But um, I'm not, um, I guess, upset in the in kind of two different ways. In one, 
that it's just like it's so soft and yeah it's there but it's not always cold and it's just one of those things when you see the ref point to it you laugh fuck's sake it's like two in between the bar can't say that it's not yeah well the That's... replay is pretty damning for ailing though isn't it? i see this this is the second part of it and like i'm not entirely blaming jesus for this but like he he does such a great job putting both of those defenders on their ass that makes them look yeah. so stupid and fashions the gap in between them and yeah. I'm just in that moment, I'm just begging. And I wonder in the same instance, Henri would have done this. I'm begging for you to exploit the gap and curl it into the top corner and just score an absolute worldie. Thierry would have and done it. Thierry would have done it. And there's heaps of strikers in the past that would have done it. But such is the modern game now. It's more beneficial to go outside a flailing ailing. I'd look. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't understand why he's... His it's left just, leg is doing what it's doing. He does that movement where, because Ailing goes to ground and then he makes a really good effort to stay out of the way. That's what not, I thought. And not get him. But then his leg comes up for whatever reason. And it's like, why are you trying to win the ball from there now? Like, it's too it's late. Almost, You're on the ground. It's almost instinct. Like, yeah. why? And he gets him in the knee. Like, he's nowhere yeah. near it. It's um, it's poor. Yeah. It might have been soft, but he does collect his knee. I think even if it wasn't given, I'd say... I reckon VAR probably is giving it based on the slow-mo replay always looking worse. Uh, interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I would just, yeah. There's been many incidents, I think, throughout the season where that thing hasn't been called. And so mm. I'd, I'd wonder if it would have, but nonetheless, so there, it was. From there, all uphill, and then Arsenal just kind of go on with the job. Um, I made a mention that um, huge sliding doors moment. This uh, We've mentioned it already, but Leandro Trossard coming into Arsenal. Mm-hmm. When you compare him with, we're going to talk about Chelsea later, but with uh, Mudrick, who we've labelled Dudrick, um, you know, I'm sure Mudrick may well come good. He could come good in a couple of years and bang goals in and be a really, really good player in the Premier League. But I guess that would have been no good for Arsenal right now had they got him. Whereas Trossard Trossard is, you know, Arsenal need an impact player for now because they're in their window to win a league right now. And having Trossard has just been a huge, a huge, um, you know, even then kind of moment. No, I love it. Uh, like for an emergency signing, which I think you can call him that because it was yeah. a backup to Dudrick. Absolutely. Um, seven assists he's got now this season. Yeah. It's incredible. Like yeah. what a signing. It's the exact galvanating player that will take you to a title. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Gabby Jesus on the end of a Trossard assist. So he's back into the team with a double Um Confidence boosting, giving him the pen. Cooper would have loved that. If Cooper was on the pod right now, he would have brought up Jitte getting that pen for Adelaide in the (laughs) championship favorite anecdote. (laughs) He loves it, Bunny. He would have brought it up. Uh, Christensen going back for Leeds, and then uh, Xhaka popped up again. He's making a habit of it this year. Doing the Ramsey Ramsey role. Late runs into the box. We um, did talk about this in an earlier pod and that he had some more freedom. And that you, you, I think you predicted he would score more goals this season. And yeah, yeah it's definitely come through. He has the freedom because he's got a fit Thomas Party next to him. And then if he's not there, we've got Jorginho now to cover. But all good. All right. Um, did you see, Um, just before we move on, did you see the on. wild Jesus stat? No. Uh, what in that this? he's played 52 games and he's had 49 wins Um, in the Premier League playing for Arsenal and Man City. When wow. he has scored a goal. Wow. He's never lost when he's scored in a Premier League game. So you want him to we want him to score against City, don't we? We just you just want him to score every week. Like yeah. fucking hell, what a stat. Yeah, brilliant. Um, kind of arbitrary, isn't it? 
Maybe, but I mean, Jesus, 50 games, that's a huge sample size. This guy might just be like the winning totem, you know, the the Brazilian luck charm. Very good. Um, Bournemouth beat Fulham 2-1. We weren't going to talk about it. Bournemouth snatched a couple of goals there and got a win at home. Surprise result. uh, Huge for them in the relegation battle, I guess. Uh, Brighton and Brentford had six goals, but unfortunately... None of us were keen to tune into it with with the other games that were on. So I beg you, anyone out there, if you're a Brighton or a Brentford fan, let us know because then we will pay more yeah, attention. I, but... I, I feel bad about uh, Brentford. I think we've both mentioned how much we've enjoyed watching them play the last two seasons, but just, uh, you know, Arsenal v Leeds was on. So <laughs> that's it. There's precedence, like the NSF out. derby. Maybe maybe we should call it the, the NSF. Well, maybe if Cooper was here, he would have watched Brighton and Brentford. That's true. He we was the just, one assigned to it this weekend. If he's not here, we can just blame everything that goes wrong on him. Because he's on it, I don't think he listens to it anymore either. So we can just say whatever we want. Excellent. Um, Palace beat Leicester and it led to the sacking of yet another manager. A huge three points for Palace, I'll just mention first. A really late winner um, for a side that we both predicted were in quite some trouble. And then they sacked Vieira, got in Woy. Uh, and bang, bang, they get three points. And now Rogers is out the door. Leicester in strife. Everyone wants that new manager bounce. That's what it is. It's the, it's the Woy, Woy first game wonder. Mm. Just Surely quick, it can't continue. A quick 3B. Yeah, that's it. He's a come in. 3B. He's got a dirty 3B and he's got out of there with his fucking shirt and tie still on. I look... I, I don't know. Is there something to bringing in the club legend? This will be the season we find out because there's going to be so many managerial changes now, now that have already occurred and now we can establish what happens. But for Palace to get this result is massive because it mm. is, it's three points that you probably wouldn't have suspected that they would get. Um, but yeah, on the flip side, huge news. I mean, Brendan Rogers, my fucking hell. I, yeah. th- I thought he would see the season out. I mean, he seemed so like that. he had the backing of a non-funding board and the backing of the fans. I don't... They must have an ulterior motive, Lester. Where does he go now? Rogers. Mm. Rogers is difficult because there was a, there was a lot of parallels. Brandy. I think there was a lot of parallels between Rogers and Potter in that they have both had stints now on the big the two big teams, Liverpool and Chelsea. They went mm. fairly differently, but neither really won much nor anything. And so where did Rogers go next? He went to Scotland. And yeah. I reckon Graham I reckon Graham Potter's got a career at Celtic uh when Ange moves oh, inevitably to uh Spurs, I would say. Look, I think I can see these two guys getting jobs in the Premier League uh at With a mid table club somewhere. What, this season or someone'll make a move. Surely uh well, is is Tottenham in the mix? Mm-hmm. You know, but surely now because of Nagelsmann, that that looks like kind of a lock, doesn't it? Does Nagelsmann want to go to Spurs? I reckon it looks like now that um, Chelsea's free again as well, Nagelsmann is definitely coming to England. It just depends what what yeah. part of London he wants to go to. Well, maybe Brendan Rodgers goes to goes to Chelsea, and someone said Brendan Rodgers to goes Spurs. To Leicester, Rodgers to Spurs, please go on. Um, Potter to Leicester is the is the number one bookie's choice at the moment. Interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? Reckon, it doesn't seem like it would work. I can stay clear of that. Save your money. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, yeah. Good point. Wes Morgan, hopefully, with Robert Hughes. Yeah. The merry-go-round goes on. Nottingham Forest 
one, Wolves one. No one watched that, surely. Nobody. Apologies yeah. to any Wolves or Forest listeners, but come on. This is this is like a Jeffrey Dahmer situation where you are you're just you're sedated, you're, you're trapped in a chair, and he's like, watch this. Never seen it, so I don't know what you're talking about. But the next game is Chelsea nil, Aston Villa two, Potter out the door. Dudrick got dragged after doing fuck all except miss a one-on-one again. I reckon there's a culture problem at Chelsea. They stink. <laughs> How deep a culture problem? Like one that says patience and like time. Oh, I was just reading stability. nonsense. <laughs> I was just reading nonsense articles before about how only like four players got in touch with Potter after to say thanks and stuff. And apparently they all called him Hogwarts behind his back and stuff. Just dumb shit. But I don't know how true it is, but I'm loving it. How was the journo reaction to this? Hey, that really shines a light on them in that they had all this dirt on him if he was so hated by, you know, the French speaking players that said that Dudrick was being left out because he was his natural enemy to Potter because he looks like Malfoy and stupid shit like that. <laughs> and you wonder, all these journos are sitting on this info and they're like, no, I need access to Chelsea. I won't tell anybody. And then the minute the poor guy is sacked, they're like, here you go. Here's all the dirt. Here's all the shit. No wonder yeah. people hate you. I have a, I'm real. I think I'm 70-30 or maybe 60-40 on this sacking in that uh, I 60% feel really sorry for the guy. 40% don't really feel sorry for him. Um, But, you know, Chelsea have gone out there and had, what, 14 shots off target to three, eight shots on target to two, six blocked shots to none, 69% of the ball and didn't score a goal. Is that Potter's fault? Uh, mm, you know, that's the one aspect of Potter's game that I can't defend because that was the same problem they had at Brighton. There's just, there's this weird inability to get the guys into the perfect position to score the goal. He plays such great football, but I feel like it's just the tiniest little bit off all the time. And it's, I think you saw a few chances where like Chilwell hit the post from a tight angle and you've just, you've got players taking shots in good positions, but on in like unnatural strides and on you know in on angles that don't really that don't really bode well for scoring goals. Oh. So I don't I don't think I think you can attribute a little bit of blame to Potter for not being able to score goals. I'm not willing to. Not Look, in I the games to... I've seen this season and the you know some of the chances I've seen Havertz and Felix get and yeah. not score. Well, like... the first Mudrick chance is a great. I mean, you should be scoring yeah. those definitely. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't know. This yeah. whole move didn't it didn't seem right. I still yeah. Outset. Well, that's where the part of me not really feeling sorry for him is where um, it's just the first opportunity that came along to leave Brighton and he did. And for a club notorious for just offing managers, and they're just you know Todd's out there using Chelsea as a football manager side, just trying to sign whoever he wants. They just look shit, but they are creating chances still because so they should. They've got the best players. Um, they're just it's not happening. It's yeah, not but happening. there's no there's no balance and there's no synergy between the guys because like no. you're expecting miracles from a squad of twenty four of thirty four, and you know Potter has barely signed any of them. He came into this team after yeah. Tuchel had signed six guys. Like you said, Todd Bo- Todd Bowley to me is the problem, man. He's the issue, absolutely. But because he pumps obscene money into the team. Like the the glory hunters and the armchair fans don't care because they're like, well, he's buying the players, make him work. It's, like, it's, it's not an automatic works. win. 
I don't know if like, you know, the whoever the bloody, you know, guy at the top of City is. One of the shakes. The Todd equivalent. <laughs> He's not out there just buying these players. They're hunted no. through footballing recruitment by coaches professionals. and players, professionals like Pep, who are after a very specific type of player for what he wants to do. They're not That's just a, a mashup of dudes in there. And they got some of the guys they've got on there. Like, what? who thought it was a good idea to get Aubameyang? That was, you know, that was a Tuchel move. He really wanted him. Who honestly thought that was a good idea? Unbelievable. He's, he's so he's disinterested in football, hey? Yeah. Like he does, he wants to do everything else but play a, a game. Wasn't he, he was in Barcelona's, he was in someone's change rooms after they won something recently. Uh, not sure. But they, they, um, they need a massive clean out because that, that squad is huge and they need to just reset and get rid of you know some the, shit. You know what the problem out. is though, because they're 11th and not Champions League, all of those players are immediately devalued. Yeah. And they're definitely going to come into financial fair play trouble. I think so. No Champions League revenue. So that'll be a good test for the rules. Obviously, we don't know shit about their finances and we're just speculating, but Mm. it's hard to believe they wouldn't if they don't get that Champions League revenue coming in um, and the wages that some of these guys are on, ridiculous. So They'd want to be selling a lot of shirts. There's a lot of players in that squad. It's crazy. Clean them out. Um, You done with that one? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, somehow Chelsea, don't they just continue to break new ground? I like the despicable modernity of football. Yeah, they, they lead the way in it, don't they? <laughs> they really do. So gross. Um, revolutionaries for all the wrong reason. West Ham beat Southampton 1-0. Neither of us saw that one, but um, a big three points for the Hammers. Southampton dealt another blow. Um, the relegation tightness. Um, I guess it just just keeps going. I'm hoping it... I'm hoping <laughs> Is that, it how, you want, is that how you want to describe tightness. it? Tightness? Yeah, sure. Tightness. The relegation tightness. I'm hoping it stays that way right down to the final day. That'd be cool if there's like seven teams that could potentially go down. That'd it's the cool. long and skin. It's the long and skinny, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, Newcastle beat United two 0 and United never looked like they were ever going to get a point from this, did they? No, not not at any point in this game. And you know, it, it just it doesn't bode to Ten Hag not really knowing how to win away from home against a good team. Yeah, absolutely. The, the way they counter-attack is just so ineffectual. I'm going to let you have this one, right? This is a night shift first. And not even just on the pod, in our life in general, we've known each <laughs> other a long, long time. I'm going to encourage you now to read out the XG from this game. I don't even have... Oh, yeah, it was. Newcastle. <laughs> no, 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 let's go Let's go with Man United. Man United's XG in this game. 0.57. Very good. Isn't that a really great return with Prime Rashford? Yeah. Best in the world, Bruno. Anyway, I digress. Newcastle's XG, four. They should have scored four goals. Mm. It was a battering. It's a, it's a mauling. And it's, you know, for two teams competing for the same position, you just wonder how fraudulent this Man United side may actually be. Uh, let's go quite, quite fraudulent. Let's go because I have. I didn't go nice very. Little, I went quite. We'll go quite, but I've got a nice little stat pack for us here. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, Oli Gunnar versus Eric Ten Hag. First yep. twenty-seven games uh, in the Premier League as United boss. Uh, Oli got forty-eight points. Ten Hag got fifty. 
mm. quite similar. Matches won 14 to 15, so Ten Hag winning. Good. Uh, goals scored, Oli beat him 44 to 40, uh, 41. Goals mm. conceded 31 to 37 in Oli's favour. Ooh. XG created, seeing as you've now opened the floodgates. <laughs> oh, here we go. What have I 45. done? 45.7 versus 41.2. Give him an inch, taking a mile. I'm just wondering. Mm-hmm. Ollie's at the wheel versus Ollie is a fraud. <laughs> um, as opposed to Ten Hag is the new beginning. Man United are in the title race. What exactly is the difference here? I don't see any improvement. It is really strange how these perspectives come about, isn't it? Like where where does it stem from? Because the football know. isn't even that much better. It's just mythology. <laughs> it's like uh, I think when a player, a past player comes in, there's always that skepticism. And so it's like, oh, mm, Ollie's not doing great. Better get rid. He was a good player, but doesn't always mean you're a good manager, et cetera, et cetera, all that sort of shit. Mm. Um, that was after a brief period of, oh, he's at the wheel. But I think that was more <laughs> a meme than anything, wasn't it? Um, I think they were then, happy he was there, but yeah, the results weren't really And he's also it. he's also a midget Norwegian who came off the bench and scored tap-ins. Okay, he's that's hardly stylish when you compare him to the Dutch manager who, you know, played this really attacking and really vibrant style of football that's really exciting. And he comes in and he does worse than Oli, but his name is Eric Ten Hag. So he must be he must be more suitable to this. Surely foreign. It's exotic. It sounds like he should be there. Mm. Um, Point name is is you're able to pronounce it. It's not like a. You have people going Solskja and Solskja and <laughs> Solkisja and Ole and Oli and Gunnar so, and Gunnar. Solkisja. It's just Eric Ten Hag. Solkisja. Yeah. That's one your uncle who you see only once a year and he's like, oh, I know I know, I know, my nephew likes soccer. I'll try and talk about it with him. How's that Oli Gunnar Solskja going? It's just United fans, I think. You go back to... David Moyes was always David Moyes. Joined Man United and David Moyes. 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 Goobers. Goober fans for a Goober club who lost 2-0 to a Newcastle side that are absolutely pumping right now. We all predicted them to maybe drop off. And oh, I'm not sure you did, but Hooper and I definitely did predict them to drop off and struggle. Um, but they, they, they're they sitting third now with those wins. Um, Tottenham are fourth somehow, but... United, Tottenham, and Newcastle won the same amount of points now. You know what weirds me out about this is like we've constantly talked about United, Spurs, and Newcastle not being as good as they are. Mm. And I feel like we've talked about Brighton, Brentford, maybe to a lesser extent Villa, Fulham as being better than they are. Not so much Villa. We did Fulham a bit. Yeah. Brighton, Brentford, definitely. And yet yep. there's still this gulf in the table between the, the you know, this group of teams. Mm. Makes it for interesting viewing, I think, because it, it in my mind, it feels very weak. It feels like a weak Premier League season, not in the aspect of Arsenal winning. I don't want to try and denote that in any way because they've been excellent. <laughs> Here we I go. think Arsenal and City have been very good this season. They have. But I think from those two down... It hasn't been, you know, a classic Premier League season. And that's probably why you're seeing the timers mm. in the table. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brighton and Brentford, uh, well, Brighton especially. Brighton are seven points behind Man United, but Brighton have two. Uh, they have a game in hand on United, 
United Ooh, have a game on. in hand on Spurs. Newcastle also have that game. Uh, two on Spurs, sorry. United and Newcastle have two games on Spurs. Brighton so, have three on Spurs. So Brighton have three point three games in hand on Spurs. If they won all three, they'd be three points ahead of them. Which I'm hoping Obviously, to see. That, it doesn't always translate that way, but no, of course. You know, um, we are very points in the bag over points in the yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. But it is just really interesting, and I'd love to see it. Brighton close it even more, and then imagine um, Brighton in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that would be well, fantastic. I'm kind of, I know they've, you know, I know how we feel about the oil thing, but <laughs> Newcastle playing Champions League would excite me as well, I think. Just purely for the fans that, when I watching that Newcastle Man United game the other night, um, St. James Park absolutely pumping, and they were getting, they were creating all these chances and the noise, every shot that was whizzing by the post, and then when they did score, and I was just thinking it would be so cool to watch this under lights in a Champions League fixture against like Real Madrid or someone, you know? It's that nice nostalgia as well from the late 90s when they were competing at the top end of the table with like Kevin Keegan in charge and stuff mm. like that. Um, I look, yeah. Or yeah, <laughs> ownership aside, why not? It would be cool to see a new breed. It? Imagine Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Brighton were your top four this season. Mm. That would... And I think that would excite the Premier League product as well, if you want to talk about it in that sense. Yeah, I don't like talking about it in that sense, but I get what you mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, all right, good stuff. I think there's one more game. Uh, it's Everton and Spurs. It was a one-all draw, a late goal for Everton. Uh, the way you said it to me this morning was like a uh, red card, punch in the face, penalty, all this shit. Still couldn't win. <laughs> Rough. I just, I can't fathom how many points Spurs have given to relegation rivals for Leeds now. And they consistently do it in such a ridiculous way, you know, to be one nil up cruising against 10 men, you get a soft penalty, you convert it done job done. They're relegation threatened. Just move on, get the three points. You've finished. Yeah. But no, you know, Lucas has to be an idiot and go over the top of the ball and get, get himself sent off. And then Uber. No one closes down the centre back, Michael Keane, who absolutely wellies one in. Probably yep. the goal of the weekend. Yeah, without a doubt. Um the point for Everton took them from like 18th up to like what was it, 15th? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. A couple of results will send you straight back up there. Relegation tightness. <laughs> mm, oh, I like it. There's a tiny little bit of condensation. I like um, it. If I can, I'd like to read the messages you sent this morning. Oh, please go on. This was so weirdly. I like I that you're leaking the group chat now. Before It's like leak or get leaked. No, no, it's good. This is fun. Um, weirdly, you didn't send much at all or anything for, during the Leeds-Arsenal game. I got a feeling I was, really... I yeah. really wanted to respect our friendship more than anything. And so I, 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 no, actually, I, I left ex- my phone aside. I was expecting you just to tee off it. for that, but uh, you didn't. Um, nope. But this morning it all came out. Six messages in a row. Ducore quite literally punches Kane in the face. Next okay. message. On on reflection, he doesn't, but he definitely scrunches his hand. Nah, I'm all right. <laughs> pinches his cheeks. It was a uh, red card. Next. Next message. A red card, a penalty, and capital letters still can't win question mark question mark question mark exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark next message scandalous next message 
Spurs in their last four games have now given points to Everton, Wolves, and fucking Southampton. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Useless bastards. How do you feel? I don't see don't see where okay? the lie is. No, right? I'm not okay. This is this this is the season that is going to wreck me as and like I've 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 watched Leeds get relegated twice. Mm. <laughs> but this is the one that is gonna destroy my mental and emotional well-being. Did have have Leeds played Spurs twice yet? No, we've got them on the last day of the season, <laughs> which is why I hate them. No. <laughs> what was the result first time? Uh, we were three two up, and then they came back with two 80th minute goals and one four three. Nice. Yeah, okay, that was the one so... where Harry. That was the one where Harry Kane scored after Spurs. Someone from Tottenham ran just ran okay. through Melia. So you're Terrible literally decision. you're the only you're the only side down there that um, hasn't been able to get points off Spurs. <laughs> They're gifting everyone else points around you. Yeah, I hate, them. You see, I hate them too. You see where this stems from? Yeah, I, I get it. I'm an Arsenal fan. I get why you hate them. Knobs. <sighs> Forest in the morning, Sam. We'll right. know more then. We're getting a bit probably... personal now on our hate towards other clubs and things. Which we, we should probably wrap it. I think, but um, good chat. <laughs> yeah, I think we vented a lot. I, I feel better somehow. Yeah, good chat. Oh, I never did my rant about Bayern playing the can can after their goals. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you want to hear me whinge about Bayern, go back and listen to episode 106. All right. We basically whinged for an entire episode about Graham Arnold and Bayern Munich. It was great. Um, this is 107. Check this out. Uh, check it out. You've, you're at the end. You've already listened to it. Um, check out, I meant to say, check out the red edition. That's going to be up. Adelaide had a massive game against Western Sydney Friday night. It was huge. And Adelaide have put themselves right in the title hunt. So go listen to that one. And we'll see you next week. We caught the APL, guys.